Welcome to the Internet Computer Weekly podcast. Each week we dive deep on topical projects and subjects in the internet computer ecosystem. Today on the Internet Computer Weekly, we have entrepreneur extraordinaire Harrison Hines, founder of Fleek, a decentralized web hosting service provider. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast, Harrison. Have I done Fleek justice with that blurb? Yeah, I think that was great. Uh, Thanks for having me. Awesome. Excited to be here. No worries at all. Tell us a bit about Fleek. What does it actually do? Well, I'd say today, Fleek is mainly known as being a developer platform with a focus on the open web. And so what that really means is, if you think about Web3, a lot of it is focused on cryptocurrency and smart contracts, but there's a lot else that encompasses the web in terms of compute, storage, databases, all those sorts of things. And so we really focus on helping make a DAP an actual decentralized application. So not just the smart contracts that their application might be surfacing and interacting with, but all the other parts that encompass that app from the hosting to the storage of files or data and everything else in between serverless functions, everything else that isn't the smart contracts. Um, And so what we try to do is take new protocols that sort of encompass this open web ecosystem and essentially package them into products that developers are familiar with and experiences developers are familiar with. So whether that be, you know, static site hosting or storing files any of those various web services, what Fleek does is uh, deliver those familiar products and user experiences, but using Web3 technology and protocols under the hood to deliver those Web3 benefits of decentralization, trustlessness, permissionlessness, borderlessness, um, but in a very friendly and seamless experience. So why is this so significant to the Web3 space? We've seen the emergence of platforms like uh, Filecoin. IPFS has been around for a really long time. It's been a mainstay of the decentralized web, but it didn't have that incentivized side of things. Um, Why is this suddenly possible? and, And what is the importance of having a kind of easy developer experience like you've described? Yeah, so I'd say... It hasn't been very relevant to date, uh, and that's mainly because it wasn't as big of a problem or even is yet to become as big of a problem as what you could see the writing on the wall it's becoming. And that's really in the category of platform risk in terms of software and applications. and like the unstoppable nature, which makes Web3 so great and what makes Ethereum and some of the protocols and like infrastructure that's built on Ethereum is really the fact that, you know, there's zero downtime. uh, No one can take it down. uh, It's accessible to anyone anywhere in the world with an internet connection. But now those same sort of principles that apply to the smart contracts on Ethereum don't really apply 
to, let's say, the applications that surface these smart contracts and infrastructure on Ethereum. And so right now, let's say the issue is not like glaring where every app in the ecosystem feels the need to immediately stop using AWS and some of the centralized infrastructure they use to power their applications today. However, uh, I do think that it's going to become a big problem in the future because I think that these interfaces are actually um, in a very vulnerable position where they are an attack vector, especially on the regulatory side of things. Because while these protocols and tokens might get a pass for being decentralized and not controlled by a single entity and, and so on and so forth, these interfaces are run uh, and controlled by an entity or by a person. They pay for the hosting, they own the domain name. And so the same way you could censor a Web2 website and, and shut off Parler or 4chan or any website, it doesn't have to be something controversial. The same can happen to the current status of the ecosystem, uh, where most of them are still subject to a lot of these centralized you know, points of failure. And so as the ecosystem progresses and those issues become bigger and, and more apparent and, you know, you're already seeing, it, you know, China is blocking pretty much every DeFi app. So you're starting to see the, the early signs of this becoming a problem. Uh, it's going to become more and more important for these applications to not just worry about the smart contracts being permissionless and and unstoppable, but the entire applications and user experiences that people are interacting with this new infrastructure and just Web3 in general on. And so any, any point in that entire equation in terms of what encompasses, let's say, a decentralized application that is using centralized infrastructure, that will always become a point of potential problems. And so what we are really trying to do is get out in front of those potential problems and help, you know, the situation where what we're really trying to accomplish is where, let's say, like a DAO on Ethereum could completely control all aspects of a DAP, including paying for hosting and computation and all the things they need uh, that they currently have to have a credit card or, you know, a company or a person to take on that responsibility to do. Uh, now to essentially do it completely trustlessly um, and without some of these issues and deplatforming risks that currently plague the internet, whether it's Web 2 or Web 3. Um, and to answer the other part of that question, um, it really was not possible until recently. And part of that is really because of the internet computer and the new capabilities that it brings to the Web 3 ecosystem. And so that's really why we're kind of now pushing super hard on the internet computer and specifically on solving some of those problems I was just referring to, where now we feel that if you add the internet computer to the equation, um, you know, there's still some infrastructure and pieces that need to get built, but we do see a future in where, you know, you now could run applications entirely on an infrastructure that is trustless, that has no downtime, that you know, cannot be stopped really and have that sort of controlled by a, a DAO on Ethereum 
and have them be able to control, let's say, canisters on the internet computer and pay for computation and really now extend the trustlessness uh, from just these back-end smart contracts to encompassing the entire application, back-end, front-end, everything in between. And so that is, one, like, I'd say a big part of the reason. And then I'd say another part of the reason is just, you know, if you look at Ethereum and what it's done to financial infrastructure, it's obvious now looking back, but two years ago, if you asked people, you know, why would you use Uniswap versus Coinbase? You know, I already have my Coinbase account. It's already hooked up to my bank. So what do I need Uniswap for? It's, you know, it's less efficient, it's slower, all these problems. Fast forward two years and Uniswap is, you know, on par with Coinbase almost. And it's because of those benefits that maybe people would take for granted on the surface. But once they start coming to fruition and, and are in the wild, the fact that it doesn't go down, doesn't matter, you know, how big of a crash it is where Coinbase is still going down as recently as yesterday. Uniswap has never went down. Uh, you don't need permission. You don't need to KYC. You don't need anything. It's just a open piece of infrastructure that provides liquidity and the ability to exchange between two tokens. And what's happened to financial infrastructure, it makes even more sense to now have that happen to just web infrastructure in general, especially with just some of the trends going on in technology and where things are going with software and how much it's becoming integrated into people's lives. And it's about to become much more integrated. So you're already seeing today where people can't get into their home or their car because they use a smart door lock or they drive a Tesla and you know US East AWS's data center goes down or GCP's data center goes down and those services can't run. So now you can't access it. Now you have things like brain-computer interfaces on the horizon, technology that you really, really need to not go down. The difference between the 99.99% uptime that AWS and these other platforms are claiming versus 100% guaranteed uptime where there's no chance of it going down is a huge, huge difference. And so I think now that the internet is kind of splitting across geopolitical lines, and you have outages, which are one problem, but B, you also have these deplatforming risks where it's too big of a liability to build your software on one of these corporate clouds that at you know they could wake up and your country could be in a you know a conflict with the US or China or wherever the cloud platform you use is based. And you know, then all of a sudden whatever wherever you're based, it could, you know, be that you're at risk of being deplatformed because of political issues that have nothing to do with you or the, your software or anything, or just because the software you're building or the product you're building doesn't agree with the views of a corporation or a government or you know a platform and who's ever pulling the strings behind it, whether it be a social media platform or a cloud platform. And so those those trustlessness, you know, sort of permissionlessness, the the ability to you know guarantee that. Uh, you, like this can't be taken down. What Ethereum's shown so well for financial infrastructure, we just think that is going to speak really like loudly and resonate really well with web developers and software, just how much it's increased in importance and will continue to increase in importance over the next decade. So 
yeah, I'll stop there because I kind of rambled for a little bit. I don't know. That was uh, that was really prescient, especially if you had taken into consideration <laughs> what Huobi's experienced very recently in China. Um, that all uh, that resonates with the zeitgeist at the moment, absolutely. And what I um, what I also found fascinating about what you said is how it harkens back to last week's interview with Tassin. And Tassin is a hybrid decentralized exchange. They use a whole bunch of cool tricks to enable atomic cross-chain uh, settlement. They use um, Definity as a data layer, but they've poured huge amounts of money and continue to do so into legal work in order to make it, uh, in order to allow them to run an interface for the hybrid decentralized exchange that they're building. And all of this legal work is being poured into a traditional interface. And what you've just described makes me think that if you could just utilize a DAO for that, um, for that governance, for that, you know, to replace that corporate entity, and you could use a Web3 interface to maintain the actual trading interface, then what would the point be in, in all of that uh, legal and compliance work? So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it feels like there are multiple layers of, of application decentralization that could take place here. And it's actually additionally interesting to hear you talk about using Definity as an interface hosting platform, because that feels like one step above what Tassin is doing. They're decentralizing their application, using Definity for data, using, and, uh, and using a traditional interface and corporate structure to manage their business. What you're advocating for is using Definity as an interface hosting platform uh, for Ethereum applications that use Ethereum for their logic and their governance. But it, it feels like that is one step further along. And um, I just realized I'm still referring to the internet computer as Definity. <laughs> um, but it's, it feels like there is there are further layers here as as you go deeper down that rabbit hole where you have less and less of a hybrid infrastructure and can and move closer and closer to a unified infrastructure on a single platform. I'm beginning to, uh, you know, <laughs> betray my uh, betray my own proclivities here. Does that uh, does that ring true? Yeah, that's. 100% correct. Um, and so, you know, we, we already offer static front end hosting on the internet computer. Um, and we do think, you know, the Ethereum ecosystem is a great first audience uh, for who would find the benefits of hosting on the internet computer most attractive. Uh, it's sort of like a low-hanging fruit way to get people to start using the internet computer and understanding its benefits. And then we feel that over time, people would start moving more of their infrastructure over to the internet computer. But hosting is just such a, a simple use case and also a very big need in terms of like a fully trustless, unstoppable alternative. There really hasn't been anything like what the internet computer offers in terms of front-end hosting. For those reasons, I mean, there's no other blockchain that you can essentially host the front-end in a, essentially a smart contract and have it communicate directly with the browser. And they have so many other benefits packed into the work they've done on just the 
technology side to to really make it such a perfect use case for front end hosting. But yeah, we feel after that, you know, there it'll over time as the internet computer improves and they continue to build out infrastructure and, and features for the internet computer, you're right, then the argument becomes, well, if you're already hosting on the internet computer, why not store this data there? Or why not, you know, run these this compute there instead of using something like AWS Lambda functions to do it? So it's kind of like we feel gonna be a like a, a cascading effect, but hosting is something that we feel the internet computer can handle today. And we do feel it's a great use case for Ethereum, but we do also feel that normal web developers eventually will understand and appreciate the benefits of hosting instead of on, you know, let's say like Netlify or Vercel or AWS's corporate cloud or proprietary cloud or delivery network. Kind of the trend in in software is kind of the jam stack where you have like these static front ends. Uh, and and then you just use like you call out to external APIs. So the trend is already in in favor of this direction. And the beauty of it then becomes where well then a, a very large portion of the world's websites don't even have to change anything to then host on the internet computer versus what they're currently hosting on, especially if it's already a static front end. Um, but that's where it ties back to some of those, you know, second and third order effects in terms of just deplatforming and and downtime. And if you have the option to do it on a platform where you don't have to worry about any of those things, versus doing it on a corporate or proprietary cloud or delivery network, we feel over time uh, the internet computer is going to put up a very compelling uh, alternative and eventually probably be the preferred platform for most software and for most websites to be hosted on. Um, so yeah, that's Fleek's bread and butter. You know, we host thousands of apps and sites in the Ethereum ecosystem already, but we also have a good mix of just normal websites. So it, it was just very much in our DNA to start there. And we feel like starting there gives us a very strong foundation to then introduce other features uh, that supplement and complement the hosting element to add additional features, um, you know, whether it be storage or, you know, CMS content management, uh, things of that nature. So how's business? Business is good. You know, I think, let's say late part of last year, the open web narrative really started to pick up. Maybe it was because, you know, a lot of technologies that were focusing on these problems, whether it be Filecoin, uh, launching in October, and then the buildup uh, towards the internet computer launching for, let's say, you know, the first few months of this year. I think because of that, and also because I would say in part due to NFTs, the use of, let's say, IPFS and some other open web technologies uh, grew exponentially. And so given we already support a lot of those technologies, but also even not just on, let's say the storage layer, but you know, blockchain-based domains is also a pretty popular trend that's growing. So one of our features that customers love most is like our ENS 
uh, integration where we make it super seamless to host a site and also update your ENS name. We also recently added Handshake as another blockchain-based domain uh, naming system. And so things are really good. We're definitely growing probably 10x or 20x in terms of daily signups and usage uh, compared to what we were six months ago. So things are really good. And, and for sure, recently with us adding support for the internet computer and recently launching our first internet computer products and features, mainly static site hosting, we're seeing yet another like significant uptick, which kind of shows that there's real interest from people in using the internet computer specifically for that use case, but they're already asking for other features of things they want to do on the internet computer and want something like Fleek that makes it easy so they don't have to worry about, you know, writing canisters, even though writing canisters is pretty easy and similar to Ethereum, I think eventually people will go that route and be able to write their own canisters and, and kind of do their own stuff. But in the meantime, they want, they want the easy route. You know, they don't want to learn new things. They just want to try it and get a taste. And so that's where like Fleet is doing a really good job in helping people to kind of abstract away a lot of those complexities. And that's why specifically a focus of ours is on like canister and cycle management, uh, because we feel like that early on will be one of the biggest barriers to entry. So we feel if we abstract that away and just make it a normal developer experience, things will get easier, infrastructure will get built, tools will get built to make that a better process. But in the meantime, we could just abstract it away, do it for the users. They don't even have to think about it or worry about it. They just get the benefits of the internet computer and a developer experience they're familiar with. So just to clarify for the audience there, cycles are essentially um, the internet computer's version of gas on Ethereum or transaction fees on uh, on Bitcoin or, or what have you. I'm sure a lot of the audience is listening to what you're saying, Harrison, and a lot of it sounds kind of too good to be true. And a lot of it begs the question, what can someone, what action can someone, be they a developer or uh, an investor or a layman, what action should they take to prepare for the development of this trend? Hmm, that's a good question. So I would say if I was a developer, I think this is a once in a decade type opportunity in terms of a new computing platform that's going to revolutionize the internet. Uh, much the same way the iPhone did during the, the the last decade. And so I'd say to prepare for it, I if I was a developer, I would say I would try to contribute to this movement because, you know, similar to Ethereum, like we're at the very beginning, we're at where Ethereum was, you know, five, six years ago. There's a ton of infrastructure that needs to get built. There's a ton of tooling, a ton of products, both on the sort of developer side to make it a better experience and also just infrastructure they're going to need that's native to the internet computer to actually just build and run some of these applications, especially at scale. Um, but also if you're just a developer looking to move your infrastructure to the internet computer, I would just pay attention to some of the early developer influencers in the internet computer space that are putting out content, building tools. The Definity Foundation themselves is putting out a lot of resources and tools. 
we're going to try to start putting out resources, but more so products and tools to make your life easier. Um, and on the investor side, I would say to prepare for it, for it, I would, I would try to back those developers that um, are looking to build infrastructure for this ecosystem, because much like the Ethereum ecosystem, I think there's going to be tremendous opportunity and value capture at the open internet service layer, um, which is kind of equivalent to like the smart contract protocol layer on Ethereum, where things like Uniswap and MakerDAO and Compound and all those DeFi protocols, which are essentially decentralized financial infrastructure. What Ethereum is to decentralized financial infrastructure, I feel very strongly that the internet computer will be to decentralized web infrastructure. And so we're kind of at that point in the ecosystem where you're seeing people jump to the application layer. Most of the ecosystem right now is going after social use cases. And that's not surprising because that just speaks to how well suited the internet computer is for those types of use cases, where now instead of like open databases of financial information on the internet computer, it's now economically and just like uh, scalability wise feasible to build these non-financial databases and use cases on a trustless, permissionless platform. And all those benefits of being modular, super composable, these Lego blocks, now imagine that, but with you know all these aspects of the internet, like tweets or videos or you know posts or you know medium blogs or whatever it might be but where now these can be sort of grabbed by anyone who's given permission by a user and tons of crazy experiences could be tied together the use cases people are thinking of now similar to the iPhone it's like oh you know it's going to kill the digital camera or you know, this thing worked as a website, so I'm just going to make it into a mobile app. And that's what you saw for the first year or two until people really figured out how to use this new computing platform, having a GPS in the phone and a camera on the phone that was connected to the internet. So you could do things like Waze or Uber or Snapchat or Instagram. It kind of, I feel, is very similar to what's going to happen with the internet computer where much like Ethereum, people are still coming up with brand new things every day. Um, so it's not too late. It's actually super, super early. There are not enough developers building in this space, but there is a ton of investor interest and capital looking to be deployed into this space. So if you were an entrepreneur or developer, um, I think now is a once in a lifetime opportunity to start something, take little to no risk because investors are willing to kind of take that risk for you and build something that could become actually critical infrastructure for potentially the new internet. Like the internet computer has a non-zero chance of literally becoming the new internet. And so that's sort of what my advice would be to developers. I mean, we're, we're hiring people as fast as we can. We still need more help. Um, and we can only focus on, you know, a few of the opportunities. There's thousands out there. And to investors, I would say probably just look out for good open internet services that launch. And I think those tokens, like I said, for the sort of decentralized web infrastructure equivalents to the internet computer, the same as Uniswap and these 
decentralized financial infrastructure protocols or open internet services are to Ethereum, those are going to be tremendously valuable. And so um, I would try to, you know, find those developers building those services and, and help fund them to bring them to life. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Harrison. This has been uh, incredibly elucidating as one, of course, would expect from yourself. Um, so I guess where can people find out more about Fleek and uh, and what's going on over there? And I suppose also for developers who may be interested in applying for work, how can they, how can they um, do that? Sure. So fleek.co is our main uh, platform today. So most everything you can find there or on Twitter, we're just at fleekhq. I believe we have a careers page, but you could also just reach out to us on Twitter through the intercom bot on our website and chat. If you want advice on what you're building, we're happy to provide it. Uh, if you you know, are interested in building with us. We're happy to consider people. And yeah, just be on the lookout. We're essentially turning into more of like a, a product studio to build open internet services. So we're working on about three or four right now that will be launched over the next few weeks. So that includes a new version of Fleek that's specific to internet computer development and it's built fully on the internet computer. We also have a, a few others. So, so yeah, I'd say be on the lookout for those product launches. We're launching a Discord next week. Um, feel free to join our community and we'd be excited to have you. Magnificent. Thank you so much. I'll catch up with you shortly for a uh, another chat about infrastructure because I think we began to cover some really interesting stuff about the emergence of, uh, of opportunities in the internet computer space. and. That's something I'd like to dive a little bit deeper on. For sure. Looking forward to that. Cheers. The Internet Computer Weekly has a sister newsletter featuring news, project updates, interesting tidbits and reading that come up over the course of the week. Together they are part of a larger effort at ecosystem building we are calling the Cycle DAO. Visit cycledao.xyz to subscribe and learn more.